Welcome to the Show Up Fitness Podcast, where great personal trainers are made. We are changing the fitness industry one qualified trainer at a time with our in-person and online personal training certification. If you want to become an elite personal trainer, head on over to showupfitness.com. Also, make sure to check out my book, How to Become a Successful Personal Trainer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day and keep showing up. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to the Show Up Fitness Podcast. We are fortunate today to have Doc Alyssa, and she's an East Coast therapist, and we're going to talk about specialization. But before we do that, let's make fun of some outdated information, lower cross syndrome. Can you give us some, some breakdown on that? What are your thoughts and, and everything around that? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, my, I just, when you talk about lower cross or upper cross, I think both, you know, I, they're, they're silly. There's just so many other factors that are impacting, you know, like your tight hip flexors aren't causing your back pain and, and all these things. There's just so many other factors. And I think people are so quick to want to jump to blame, you know, tight hip flexors or, tight hamstrings on like all these different things. And and there's just so many other factors and it's just, it's just silly. And it, I think it's crazy that people still really kind of are talking about it. To be so you're telling me that the psoas major being overactive and the glutes being underactive didn't cause COVID. Cause I thought that's what we were going towards in the, the movement industry. I know, I know you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, it did not. <laughs> It's unfortunate because there are tons of textbooks out there that still put this out there. So you're, you're a new inspired trainer and you're like, I want to make this into a profession. You read a textbook. It has to be legit. I mean, you're reading 800 pages and you got these cool photos of this cross and it talks about Dr. Janda and overactive adductors. And you talk to a couple of friends like, yeah, my, my thighs are tight. Like, oh my God, this works. Let me show you a bridge. You're strengthening the glutes and they feel a little better. And you go, oh my God, the bridge cures cancer. And then you have to blame it on the psoas. But it's so much more complex than that. And unfortunately, today in the fitness industry, we're not taught much critical thought. And so you just kind of a cog in the system, read this textbook, get the specialization and go out there and start doing it. But it's just way more complex than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the amount of times I've heard someone be like, oh, like your glutes aren't firing. I'm like, you're walking. And, and you're not falling over, your glutes are firing. Like we, it's just like, yeah, maybe your glutes aren't as strong as we want them to be, but they're firing. Like we don't need to, you know, do any, it's just so many little nuances. If you weren't watching this on YouTube, there was a really good eye roll. I almost felt like I was in trouble <laughs> for a second because there were some flutters in there and it's so true. But what goes through your mind, you probably hear this from quote unquote coaches or trainers and do you just automatically, you may not say something because you're nice, but do you just automatically not give them any respect when it comes to being qualified? Or what really goes to your mind when you hear these simple answers like, oh, the reason why you're going to get ACL blown out is because your glutes aren't firing or you have um, dead butt, glute amnesia, whatever people want to come up with. What goes to your mind when you hear them? Yeah. Um, thankfully, I work in a place where a lot of our trainers are not preaching those things. We actually hear it kind of probably more from like, someone's like, Oh, like my old PT or like the surgeon said that they need to get their glutes firing or whatever. And, and I kind of, I'm like, I'll, I'll literally say what I just, I'm like, can you walk or like, are you falling over when you walk? Like your glutes are firing. And I just I'm like, look, like your body's resilient, you know, like you're, you're not like one thing didn't cause like X didn't cause Y there's a lot of different factors. And we, and I, I spend a lot of time just like educating, like, especially patients on this stuff. And just kind of like, I mean, the first part of my eval might be me explaining all those things to them. And then as far as trainers, 
Yeah, I, I probably would just like roll my eyes and just be like, all right, well, probably won't send someone to you um, okay. in, in that scenario. Oh. Or like maybe if it's someone I like pretty close with, I might ask, but why, why did you say that? What are your thoughts? And just kind of try to have a dialogue about it. But That's great. And which is going to bring us into today's real topic of resiliency with, with youth athletics and ACLs and, and what you're seeing a lot more of. And so let's, let's dissect that because we are seeing a lot more specialization in sports. And then on your side, you're seeing more ACL injuries. And when you were going through high school, you were playing a lot of different sports and you didn't have as much of that as today. So let's, let's get into that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, we, we kind of joke about, we're like, it's like an epidemic um, almost. I mean, we, I feel like we see last year, we work with a club soccer team in the area. And I think that their program I think at least, and this is like from our PT side. So like, I'm sure some of them were going other places. We had eight of their players on for ACL injuries. And I'm like, what is like, something's got to give, like there's clearly something going on. And like, same thing with some of these club lacrosse programs and it's crazy. And, and I don't, and it's great. We talk about all the different things you can do to prevent them. And, you know, everyone talks about the strength training and the neuromuscular control and doing all these things. And, I mean, we, we have a lot of kids coming through here and they're doing all those things and then something still happens. And, and so it, it just leaves us puzzled, like trying to figure out what, what do we think is causing this? Like, what can we do? And, and I think one thing we've all kind of talked about is, is this idea of specialization, um, in our area. And I'm sure, I'm sure where you're at too, in a lot of different places, a lot of these club programs want kids to, oh, you're going to play on our club team. Well, you're going to not play high school then, and then you're not going to play basketball. You're going to play just this one sport. And play this sport 24 seven. And, and I don't think it's good. I, I mean, I think doing different movements through different sports, playing on different surfaces, all these things I think are really helpful, especially when kids are still developing in those like middle school, elementary, like all those years, I think it's really important. Um, and kind of with what you said, like, I didn't know that many people that tore their ACL when I was growing up. And even when I played lacrosse in college, like I, I knew a few, um, and now most of our kids, if you ask them, they easily know eight to 10 people, a person that, that, that have torn their ACL. And a lot of them have said that they're scared. Like they think about it. Um, and I think that's a big part of it is the specialization. I think a lot of kids aren't multi-sport athletes anymore. Um, and not that like, not on their own on fault. Like it's just the kind of the system, I guess, you know, these coaches are like making them feel like they have to play only their sport and, and to get recruited. And, and that's really not the case. Um, it's tough yeah. because I, I have a neighbor and he's, I'm thinking about him right now. He has a daughter and he's out this military dude. And so he's a dick, but I like him. He's a nice guy, but he has his daughter 5. AM running five miles. And, and then after school they're pitching and trying to get her set up with this coach over here. And it's all about that. And so it's, it's tough because are you seeing more, women with the ACLs? Are you seeing kind of a mixture where in your case examples, what do you, what do you see? Yeah, we definitely see both. Um, I would say it's definitely more, more females for sure. Um, definitely more. I mean, the, the soccer team that we had a bunch of eight, it was all, it was all girls. Um, we definitely see more girls. I actually have been seeing more guys for like other injuries more recently, but ACL, we see both, but definitely, definitely more girls. And, um, to kind of go with what you just said too, I think kids are just doing so much these days, you know, they're, they're not taking rest days, you know, they're, they're not sleeping. I mean, I have kids where I feel like they'll brag about the fact that they, I didn't go to bed till 3am and they had to get up at six for school. And I'm like, that's not good. Mm-mm. Like you have to recover. And then 
you know, that's, you know, when you're playing, when your body's fatigued, when you're tired, you're not, you're not going to be doing the same things you might be doing when you, when you're fully alert and, and awake and well-rested and all of those things. And, and this could be like a seven hour long podcast, because when you look at the dynamics with dad and daughter, daughter has no say. She, she's not going to be like, Hey dad, well, the, um, my trainer says that I should try different sports. She's like, trainer's an idiot. My, you know, I'm the smart one, right? Cause dad's the, you know, he knows everything. And then dad talks to the coach and coach is probably going to be more on the side of dad with, you know, we have the spring league or this summer league and you know, she or he did well, but you know, we didn't see consistently hitting all the practices and, and then the kids now stressed out, not sleeping. And then you watch TV or Instagram and you see all these quick fixes for recovery, like, Oh, get this and get that. And Oh, let's get some cupping. And all of a sudden you can sleep two hours and you're going to be, you're, you're expediting the process. And it's, it's really difficult. I really feel for young kids today because I mean, for this dad, and this is just one case example, but it's different wherever you're at worldwide. But I know for a fact, if I were to give him some background on specialization, like NFL, for example, I think it was like 30 out of the 31 draft picks in the 2020 or 21. And it's pretty consistent year after year. All of them played numerous sports. Yep. They're playing baseball, they're playing basketball. And like Eric Cressy, he's, you know, down there in Florida, the best thing that kids can do in the summer, yard work. <laughs> it's like, you know, just yeah. get them doing something different. And it leads to what you were just saying earlier before this on the stress of kids and, and maybe also the toughness in the sense that the resiliency where I didn't have a iPhone. I remember there's a cool kid. This is how old I am. There's a cool kid in our class. He had a beeper and that kid was fucking cool. <laughs> and so that's how old I am. And you thought you were old, but you know, this kid had a beeper. I'm, I'm sure you had cell phones in high school, right? I did, but it was not, I like, my mom did the whole thing for my like eighth grade birthday where, you know, I'm unwrapping my gift and she calls the phone when it's like in the box still, was but it, it was, was a, it a razor. Phone. What was it? It was a flip phone. <laughs> and then I had like the Voyager, like iPhones weren't a thing till I was in college. I think it was like the first year iPhones came out. Um, and so, yeah, we didn't have like, in, I didn't grow up with Instagram and Snapchat and, and all those things, but yeah. Um, with what you said too, with how he like wouldn't listen. And I think that's part of the problem too, is these coaches are like, oh, well, like you need to be at X, Y, and Z if you want your kid to get recruited. And like, as a parent, like if you don't know any better, you're like, oh, okay, well then yeah, this is what my kid needs to do. Like, you don't know. Um, and it's, and it's hard when, you know, when you do have a strength coach telling you something different, but you're like, well, this soccer coach who has gotten a bunch of players recruited or this lacrosse coach or whatever sport it is, you're like, oh, well, they know they've got people recruited. Mm -hmm. Like we need to listen to them and, and it's hard. I really don't know what the answer is because we worked with Santa Monica high over here and we, it took us a long process to start getting with the athletic director connections, knew the right people, but finally got in the door, sent out a, a mass email to all of the, the, the coaches. And, you know, we have a great strength coach, you know, I, I name drop a bunch of people to make me you know, sound like we're the best and well, we are, but, and, you know, we can help you. We're going to do it for free. Baseball. No football. No track. No, Cheer was the only team that reached out that wanted to get some free training. And then we went into the locker room, not shitting you. And this was a football and this is the summer and their workout was on the wall and it was a wad from CrossFit. And so, you know, that, you know, me being a strength coach working with a lot of athletes, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This coach does though, because right. he played when he was in high school and he threw for 500 yards and D three and he's living off that. And so coach knows all, 
But that's tough because coach is going to talk to dad and dad's going to, that's the bond, which is going to get passed down to the kid. And the kid is on Instagram thinking, shit, not only do I have to play 19 hours a day, but I also need to study for my school because I need to go to Yale because that's where dad went. And it's just toxic, nasty circle. Yep. What do we do, doc? How do we fix it? If you were in charge, what would you do? You got to stop playing sports completely. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fix know. the lower cross syndrome. That's the cure. Right, right? right. It's crazy because literally with what you just said, I, I, I'm like laughing, but it's kind of sad because we, I feel like we have kids who will come in here and they're like, I don't even really like, they're like, I don't really love the sport anymore. Like my parents have kind of taken it. Like I'm playing because my parents want me to play and, and it breaks. I'm like, that is so sad because the sport should be fun. Like, you know, I mean, remember why you started playing was because you, you wanted to play with your friends or it was just fun. And it's just gotten so much about distress and, and all these things and the money, obviously, like, but I don't know what the answer is. And that, and that is kind of the scary thing. Cause I just don't know how we slow it down or reverse it. I, I, I don't know. And I'm kind of like, at what, how many kids need to get injured? How many kids need to get hurt for this to mm-hmm someone step up and say something. And I just don't know what that answer is. So I think best case scenario, we get some young hunks and hunkettes who are in high school and they hear this and they bring it to their coach and the coach is open-minded and, and looking back on his or her ways, they go, yeah, maybe I was a little stubborn. And oh, now that you're thinking about it, coach did the same thing. So maybe we'll be open to trying some different stuff out and getting qualified coaches. People who have a yeah. background in strength and conditioning, CSCS, and not their anecdotes. You know, If a coach is ripped, that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> you got to look right. at they have the team and not just, that's what we, we're prideful in is, you know, people that show up, our trainers, they have therapists, they have dietitians they work with. And a team is a lot better than one person's anecdote. And it's scary because you do have those coaches who get their background. They may have, you know, ran track or football D1, and then they get their CSCS and they're just going to kind of bring on that potential toxicity. So if you're yeah. listening to this, reach out to some good therapists and where can people find you, doc? Um, yeah. So my Instagram is Alyssa Simonis DPT. Um, follow me, like ask questions. I'm all, I'm an open book. So if you need, if you have any questions or just want to chat, send me a message. And you can say, Hey pops, there's this badass therapist, really good prehab rehab. Whether if you're coming back from an ACL or prehabbing it, I looked at a, a great video you're working with a girl for, I think, I don't know if it was ACL or if it was a hip rehab, but you're doing some, um, Plie, uh, plie squats, no curtsy squats. Curtsy lunges, curtsy squats. Yeah. I'm always like, I just like to have fun with it. I call them scorpion lunges because guys like, oh, dude, I don't want to do a curtsy. That's like not cool, right? But yeah, but you're doing. I remember I got blasted on social media because I'm like, this is a great uh, exercise to you know get in different planes of motion, and it's kind of that fragility where people think that you can't do a specific exercise because your your back's gonna blow out or you're gonna you're going to blow out your knee, and it's like no, that's a great exercise. You load it properly. You're not doing a, you know grandma who's never worked out a day in her life. It's like she's a badass athlete. She can handle it. You overload it and then throw in some cool exercises. I haven't done that before. I'll have to steal it and give you credit. But the band across like the rack and then doing like some high knees for some. Yep. You know, strengthening the psoas. That I, the psoas isn't as weak as we think. It's or as quote unquote overactive. It's actually just not right. trained under load concentrically and and do what it wants to do. Overload, it's going to get stronger. Absolutely, bodies are resilient, and I, and also like with with when someone you said was versing you about the the scorpion lunge. Like you don't think your knees ever someone in that position in a in a game at some point. Like if you're changing direct, like 
you get in, if you slow-mo or take still pictures of so many athletes in their sport, their bodies are in weird, they're in valgus, like, and their knees are fine. Like your knee is strong. Like your hip is strong. Like all these things, like your body can tolerate a lot as long as you were giving it the proper load in the, in the weight room, right. To like help prepare your body for it. Um, and that's it. It's we, I think, um, someone had posted a video about like a standing like hip abduction one time. And someone was like, Oh, you're like having the band pull them into valgus. And I was like, okay, no, that's not like the goal of this video, but also like, even if it is okay, like it's fine. Their knee is going to go into valgus at times and it's okay. It's, it's always a slippery slope because it is like, there's no perfect form. You don't want to strive for perfect form, but there are some exercises that may potentially not be optimized. I saw you doing a Copenhagen plank and it was great because protecting the medial part of the knee. And I see some people will put it like on the, the medial malleolus and it's like, Ooh, I'm looking at that. I was like, that's, they're not going to die. They're probably okay, but maybe it might be a little better if it's mid calf or closer to the knee, it might get a little, be a little safer in that regard. Right. And so yeah. I wanted to end off on making fun of how old I am with the technology and, and thinking <laughs> back on, you know, a beeper in high school, but let's pretend that we have this crazy technology and we can come back and you could potentially give Alyssa advice in high school. What would that advice be when it comes to strength and conditioning and, you know, potentially making sure your knees are strong and, and everyone else when it comes to specialization and stuff like that. Yeah. I think one thing I would tell myself um, is to never stop training like an athlete. Um, I think a lot of people get into this, this phase where like you're older and they don't want to train like an athlete anymore. I'm like, you can still be doing a lot of the same things that you were doing at 25. If you keep training, like you're 25, you know, even when you're like in your forties and your fifties, um, I think that would be a big thing. And then I, I think another big, just like, remember why you started playing your sport. I think kids, I think it gets lost on kids because kids are so focused on trying to get their scholarship or trying to play D one. And, and, you you play because you, you love it. Like you had so much fun playing it and like you're with your friends and just like, I think just remembering that um, is is something I'd probably tell myself. Cause I know sometimes even for me, I, I played at the D one level and like, sometimes I'd be like, Oh, like the sports, like it, it turned into a job at, at times. And I, and then, you know, my dad would sometimes be like, Alyssa, why'd you start playing lacrosse? And I was like, cause it was fun. All my friends were doing it and I had fun. And like, and he's like, and that's what you need to like, remember when you're on the field, like, and that was like something for me that when my dad would tell me that it was just like really, really helpful. And I think that would be a helpful thing for kids and high school, college athletes to just like, remember. Um, Love it. Do it for you. Not mom and dad or the Ivy League school you're trying to get into. Yeah. What about you? What would you tell yourself? I would say find a badass strength coach, use social media to your advantage and find a great strength coach who can get you stronger and training, not like, the bodybuilders in the gym, I'll go to the gym and find the biggest dude. Like, oh, I want to look like him and try to get stronger for my sport doing bench press. Like that didn't do shit for me, but right, right. You know, if I had, if I had your videos, I could look at with all the, I was in track. And so always had shin splints, always had ankle issues and yeah. a wreck. And if I had those prehab stuff that I could do instead of my crunches and pushups, thinking I was going to get jacked, getting all the chicks in <laughs> high school, which didn't work, but you know, just having that in that direction, I would have, definitely been the world's best triple jumper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> well, again, I appreciate you taking the time today and make sure to give this hunk at a follow and we will be seeing you later. Thanks again, doc. Thanks. Keep showing up everybody. Have a great day.